Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. The concept is pretty simple. Me and a guest 
have a topic about Star Wars, and we each come in with five things to support that topic. You get it? Got it? Good. Here we have an interesting one today because... I was thinking it could be too soon for this, but I think it might be in the right time, the right wheelhouse, because we're going to start looking towards Episode 8, The Last Jedi, coming out in December. But Force Friday has passed, and I think once you're past Force Friday, this is the final leg of the race. And today we're going to be talking about things we need in The Last Jedi. This is not necessarily predictions. This is not necessarily demands. It's just things we'd like to see. In Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, and with me for this list is Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I have so many wants and needs. <laughs> Try to be relaxed about the needs, but so many yeah. wants. Uh, and you're right, we're downhill toward the Last Jedi. So, without a doubt, The Force Awakens was the most anticipated uh, Star Wars movie since uh, maybe Episode One and yeah. since uh, Empire Strikes Back. Got it. But in a weird way, Last Jedi has. Even more pressure on it because I, yeah, Force Awakens was a hit. It set things up. Now you got to make it still seem good. Yeah, and I I have so much faith in Ryan Johnson that we're going to get so much juicy goodness. The question is whether we're going to get the exact juicy goodness we want. Right, right. So Joseph and I have each five uh, of things we need in the Last Jedi, and uh, there's some bonus ones we're going to discuss as well because. Well, quite frankly, we have a lot of things we want to see. <laughs> so we talked uh, talked about it before the show. We exchanged our list. Sometimes we surprise each other. Sometimes we like to get the list kind of a little sync. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, talk about it here. Uh, give the list and explain it. You know how it goes. So without further ado, things we need in The Last Jedi from 5 to 1. Joseph, you're number 5. My number 5. And now, Ken, sometimes I get confused about would you like five to be the most important or one to be the most important? I think one is the most important. Okay. I did the opposite, and I just started with (laughs) the thing I absolutely need. One is still real important to me, but five was just the knee-jerk. Need, must. (laughs) And it is Luke uses the Force. Mm. Now, this can be he's got his green lightsaber that we all know and love that comes out at the right moment. This can be he's got a lightsaber in his walking cane, which some people think he's got. We've got right. we've seen that cool cane. Yeah. This can be the caretakers are like, hey, by the way, we're fish nuns. Here's an ancient lightsaber. He can right. ignite a lightsaber. Oh, I never thought of that. But it's not that Luke ignites a lightsaber because I'm also willing to accept that Luke is... Beyond a lightsaber. I love that idea. Because I like that we didn't see Yoda or Palpatine use a lightsaber in the original trilogy because they yeah. grew beyond it. Yeah. And I like the idea that maybe that happened to Luke as much as I would like to see a lightsaber, but I do need to see him right. use the Force. I don't want him to just be like, well, Ray, I didn't want to train you, but blah, 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 you've turned me around, and now I accept, like, okay, well, now I need to come back here, and I need to just... No, I need to him to at least raise his hand, and affect the world. And, and, yeah, and, and this isn't just lifting some fruit like his this father is, did to Batman. <laughs> this isn't lazy bullshit. Yeah. Like we've made the joke about, how does he eat? He levitates fish out of the ocean. <laughs> Not lazy bullshit. Like, yeah. make a choice. Right. Use the force in a makes-you-scream way. I want him to be a master Jedi, like a true yeah. master Jedi. And if he decides, which I think yeah. he will, that he can't stay out of the fight... Then yep. he's got to use the force, and he's got to use it in a way that will make us just lose our damn minds. And if it's done right, 
and I trust that Ryan Johnson and team can do it right. If it comes, maybe say later in the film or yeah. early second act, the first act, the first act, he he's giving Ray trouble. All right, I'll train you. And he, I still don't want to get involved. I know what you mean. Like there could be a great moment where he's like, "Screw it, force." Yeah, and I still think maybe it's even saving Ray. Maybe yeah. Ray, not not that Ray, not that I want Ray to be a character who needs to be saved, but right, right. he's younger. Who knows? Maybe it's saving Poe. Who cares? But it's yeah. that moment where he says, I, I remember my youth. I remember the need to take a stand. And I wave right. my hand and 18 ships just blow up <laughs> because I am Jedi Master Luke right. Skywalker. Right. Maybe he comes in and saves the day. Yeah, as far as saving Rey, yeah, Rey, Rey can save herself. But I, I, I could see her taking somewhat of a step back as she struggles to learn some things. Exactly. And maybe gets herself into some something she can't get out of. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. I love it. Well, you're starting with Luke. I'm going to start with someone we all love. In fact, we miss him. It's Han Solo. Yeah. My number five is A Moment for Han. Now, there's uh, been talk even since the moment The Force Awakens ended that we're going to get a funeral with Han Solo, right? We're going to get a funeral. Um, I I don't necessarily know if that's what we're going to get, and I'm okay with that. I don't need a funeral. I don't need uh, a moment from the big chill with Kevin Costner sitting in a uh, (laughs) uh, uh, casket. I need... A moment for Han where uh, the death of Han Solo needs to be acknowledged in some way. Yeah, It could just be Leia having a quiet, reflective moment. It could be Amelyn Holdo showing up and saying, hey, you know, we're friends from the past and I get what it means. It could be, maybe, maybe somehow we finally get that moment with Chewie and Leia. Oh, wow. Now, I know they're separate at the beginning of the story, at least. But maybe at some point Chewie comes back with his new Porg friends and uh, they have some conversation. And I wouldn't just like, you know, this isn't a Marcus Brody from uh, Indiana Jones 4 where you see a framed picture. Yeah. I need like I need like the name Han Solo to be uttered so the we, impact is felt. Yes, we need some characters to acknowledge it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Chewie can't just be chilling at the Falcon. I would imagine yeah. eventually he's going to come say hello to Luke or Luke's going to yeah. go down and like we're ready to leave. Yeah. Uh, and that would be an appropriate one, or yeah. maybe Leia and Poe talking about it. Like Leia Poe's po. got some Han in him, so yeah. that might be an interesting conversation. Yep. But I agree with you. I don't need a funeral. I feel like Han. Yep. This is the noise Han would make at a funeral. Ah. <laughs> he doesn't. Han doesn't need a funeral, but the characters need to acknowledge. Yeah, the loss. And I think mostly for Leia, like mm-hmm. she sent him on this mission. Like if you see her son, bring him back. And he tried, and that's yeah. to me the most heroic thing. Yeah. About his passing. I think, yeah, exactly. It's what he did. So that's what I want. A moment yeah. for Han. I think that's five. powerful. That's a good right. one. Your number four. My number four is Force Ghosts or Force Visions. Mm, now, it. I'm super open about how exactly this manifests. Okay. But I feel like since Ryan Johnson has specifically said the heart of the movie is Ray and Luke. Yeah. And we got that Force Vision from Ray. We know the lightsaber calls to her. We know right. through that she's heard all these different voices. Between the fact that Luke is there to research something, to do something in his previous relationship with all these Force ghosts, Ray's relationship, the fact that Kylo would love a visit Mm -hmm. from Anakin, if that's the way it works, I don't care what it is, but I feel like the legacy of the idea of all of these characters uh, who have retained their existence within the Force, Mm -hmm. one of them, Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin... Maybe even Qui Gon. That'd be interesting. Somebody has to appear to someone, even if it's just 
uh, Luke sends Ray mm-hmm. into a tree cave in yeah. the middle of Octu. Uh, <laughs> Ashto, yeah. a, tree, uh, a tree cave library, the tree cave library, and she hears a voice. Even that, I yeah. just feel like the that spirit, no pun intended, <laughs> needs to be there. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I, I hope that force vision and what it means, what it meant to Ray and her legacy. I hope it's not glossed over. And I, yeah. I, I, I don't think Ryan Johnson will, but I, I think there could be that worry where you know I, I'm actually going back to the prequels where. You know, there was things that happened, like Qui-Gon didn't turn into a Force ghost, and George was like, oh, I'll, I'll explain that. And, and and they do at the very end, but you felt like Attack of the Clones were like, well, what, what happened? Yeah. We didn't get that answer. <laughs> so, um, I yeah, I'd like some stuff to come out of that. I, I mean, I think by now we would have known uh, some of these cameos, but who knows? They're who knows? still working on the movie. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's post-production work. I know. Don't at me. But um, <laughs> you never know. And and I, the, if the, the, the cave library, the tree library, the Journal of the Wills, whatever, that yeah. ancient book, maybe Ray is studying it and something happens. Maybe there's a holocron. We've never really seen in movies the holocron. No, we have with. not. Yeah. I could like I could like I could be okay with that. Yeah, but there has to be an echo of the past and we can't just Ooh, yeah. like disacknowledge if that's a word <laughs> that this was a big part of Luke's training. Yeah, I it's love it. It's got to be passed on to Ray. Echo, echo the past is yeah. a great way. All right, good number 4. My number 4 is uh resistance is futile. What? Here's the thing. Uh, the resistance is not the rebellion, at least the re- rebellion in the final form towards the end when it had a very working army and working fleet. We're seeing through a lot of, uh, whether it be Rogue One or comic books or novels, uh, the show Rebels, we're seeing the rebellion form, and they were ragtag for sure. Yeah. But the resistance is even less than that. They're more underfunded. They're desperate. You're seeing that in some of the Poe comics where they have to go steal fuel. Uh, they're running out wow. of ships. They don't have the money. No one believed Leia or them. Starkiller Base was the thing that made... They all they knew the First Order. It was this thing. All right, there's this thing going on. Well, they around. got some militant ideas, yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, You know that Leia and Han knew Snoke. You know that kind of thing. But but no one believed Leia. And now that Starkiller Base has is, is done its thing, even though it's destroyed, this is a significant enough event that people could believe them, but they don't have help. And the First Order took 30 years to build itself, and I want to feel that difference. Right. To me, going into Force Awakens, I felt that the First Order would be the upstarts. And then we saw some of the shots, and it was like, ooh, they have a lot of armor. They're very, they're, yeah. They've been spending some time building this. You didn't quite know where the legacy came from. And now the legacy, to me, makes sense with Ray Sloan and everyone going to the Unknown Regions, and, and they, they can do a better version of the Empire. I'm on board with that story. They're doing a better version of the Empire. That's good. So I get that they're the favorites right now. Yeah. And Leia doesn't have help. I want to feel that. That, to me, is... It's and you could say, hey, the uh, the Empire strikes back. Second one, the Empire is mighty, and they strike back at the rebellion. I want this to be a little bit. I'm sorry, I don't consider it a rehash. The First Order strikes back, and I want to feel the difference. I want to feel that the Resistance is so the underdog here. I think that is a great point because everything we've learned in the books is that yes, they went to the unknown regions, mm-hmm. and they wanted to be like the Empire. And the Empire yeah. wanted to crush with just overwhelming numbers and technology right. and everything we're seeing in the last Jedi suggests that's what the force order does yeah now that there is you know no government mm, yeah they're gonna come in and do that I think that's great right 
So that's yeah. my number three. Excuse me, number, my number four, Resistance is Futile, but you're number three. My number three does tie into that a little bit. Uh, it is both yeah. sort of big picture and small picture. My number three is Leia's Got a Plan. Mm. Now, this is a, this is a two-level thing for me. Yeah. So first, it's just about Leia, okay. because we all know and love and appreciate Leia as a leader. Yeah. And that comes out a lot more in, I think, books in comics. Right. In the movies, we often see her uh, trying to stop something. So just being right, right. reactive, uh, we see her just trying to hold everything together, just like, hey, I'm trying to keep Echo Base locked down. Okay, I'm trying to defend Echo Base. Yeah. So like, okay, I've, I've rescued Han with Luke, and now we're back, and okay, Mon Mothma and Admiral Ackbar, you got what plan? Okay, yeah. you're pointing out what, General Maydean? Okay, I'll get on board with that. So sometimes she's just being right. part of a plan. Right. But she is General Leia Organa. Yeah. This is her baby. Yeah. So when that crushing force of First Order comes for them, as she knows it will, what's her proactive plan? That would be so fresh and new to me if Leia was like, all right, uh, Right. they're coming for us. Yeah. Here's what we can do. And tying into that, we know thematically Luke Luke and Ray, that's, that's the story. Yeah. But functionally, what's the mechanic of the plot? In Empire Strikes Back, it's that the Empire is trying to capture... All our heroes. Right. Right. And turn them. But what functionally is the plot? Why are Finn and and Rose going undercover? Right. What are Leia and Poe up to? What do Ray and Luke and Chewie maybe come back to rush into? And it would be so cool if it was not reactive but proactive. Where Leia's like, I know how to, like, cut them off at the knees. Yeah. Because I've got the experience. I've done it. I've got the experience. Here's how to stop that. Here's how to, you know what? This is horrible, but they're entering from the unknown territories. We'll blow up this planet and it'll destroy this hyperspace lane. Or, you know, that's not going to be the plan. But something like that that has almost some, like, military level of... That would be really cool to me. I love that because then we're you know we're going to do a full uh, review of Leia, Princess of Alderaan, yeah, and, uh, Alderaan and Rebel Rising shortly on Force Center, uh, so we don't want to go into it here. But but the novel Leia of Alderaan, uh, Princess of Alderaan, really, you see her brain working. She has plans, and yeah. sometimes gets her into a little trouble and everything. But she can outsmart some people. It comes from her mind. She's it, here's what we're going to do. So that's Leia at sixteen. So Leia at 60 is going to be the same person. Yeah. And so I absolutely I want to see. And, and you're right. In, in the movies, it's a little different than the, the other material. Um, so let's sync it up. Yeah. I think they will. I hope so. That's like my that. number three. Leia's got a plan. Leia's got a plan. Well, in the same vein, my number three is the vacuum of power felt. Yeah. So just like I want to feel the first order uh, in charge of, in terms of military and their agenda and what they're doing to take over the galaxy, being the big evils, Hosnian Prime and the surrounding planets are gone. Starkiller Base, that's what it did. It took out the the leadership. It took out the, uh, the Republic fleet. It took yeah. out all the help. And it meant that the galaxy's leadership is gone. The government is gone. What is the fallout? And what is the state of politics now? Yeah, I want some politics in my Star Wars. And who is in charge? Yeah. It's not Leia. No. And, you know, remember growing up, we thought Princess Leia was just the ruler of everything. Yeah, because that's what the crawl literally said. The crawl literally said that. Princess Leia, it's like she's in charge of the rebellion. She's the princess of the galaxy. You grew up thinking that. Yeah. Uh, She isn't that, and we know that. And the resistance is small. And Leia was powerful 
in the Republic. We know that. We know that. We read that in Bloodline. Yeah. But I think much like Mon Mothma, a generation before her, has she stepped aside from all that. She isn't Princess Leia, though some of the figures, we saw the, some of that stuff. Yeah, Maybe she... pop vinyl as yeah, princess, so we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens with that, but... So I want to feel the vacuum of power, and I'd like the idea of other forces, maybe outside of just even the First Order, are trying to take control. Yeah. It can't be a major plot point. No. Um, and I want to see what that matters. Now, Vice Admiral Holdo, Amulin Holdo, ties to Leia's pass, uh, ties to possibly to the Imperial Senate, and could have grown up into uh, a politician. I believe she would. You, I want to give you the microphone here. You have an interesting theory about Holdo. Yeah. Now, again, we, we, we don't want to go into some stuff with the Leia novel, but the, the Holdo character, as many know, is there. Yeah, but anyway. she's established there. But it was interesting to me if maybe she is a designated survivor of the Republic because mm. we know that's, you know, a thing that happens in real-life governments. That would right. be an interesting connection if basically we're like, well... Everybody in the government is on the Hosnian Prime system, except right. for always there's a handful of designated survivors. Right. So if she came in and she was like, I wasn't on Hosnian Prime because I was, or the whole system, because I right. was the designated survivor, I am the government. Here's yeah. what I think you should do, Leia. <laughs> and maybe they're in line, or maybe Leia's like, screw you and your awesome hair. Right. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah, and maybe... I no longer believe Holdo. I thought maybe she'd be like a turncoat or be some kind of... A, I, I think she's a help for Leia. I think, I think she's, she's a help. that might, yeah. They might butt heads. They, might they, butt they heads, want the same thing, but in different ways, yeah. I suspect. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that could all tie in. But yeah. I want to feel it. I want to feel that the galaxy now is in chaos. Yeah, and I think that could even lead into a B-plot for Episode Nine Because right. if the Huts are still as in power as they used to be... Right. I mean, what happens when there's a vacuum of power is the criminals move in. Yeah. So that would yeah, be awesome. Could be there. That's my number three. So your number two. My number two is Ray fights the darkness. Love it. So obviously we got introduced to Ray in the Force Awakens. She is a, a triumphant hero, a melancholy but triumphant hero in that. But she has sort of accepted her destiny. She goes to Luke to both accept her own destiny and ask him to accept his right. later in life destiny. But. As we know, she will be trained by Luke, even if he's not sure about it. Yep. We also know the classic tale of these saga films, whether she's a Skywalker, a Kenobi, a Palpatine, a Calrissian, who knows what she, (laughs) a nobody, who knows, an Antilles, who knows what Rey is. Regardless, Mm -hmm. falls into the path of she has every reason to be tempted by the dark side. Yeah. She has been raised defending herself. Yep. Uh, being necessary for her to have her guard up. Yeah. To be angry, uh, to be tempted by the dark side. And we also know, playing with the prequels, mm. that attachments can either be a detriment, in Anakin's case, yep. a strength in Luke's case. Mm-hmm. We know for Rey, what she wants more than anything is attachment. So true. She's so searching for that. Either her yeah. parents to come back to her, or if Maz cannot successfully convinced her that... Your uh, future is ahead of you. Right. She wants that attachment from Luke. What's the, is that going to drive her to be tempted by the dark side? Or will she face this darkness and will it be a ha- aha moment for Luke? Yeah. Where Luke's like, well, uh, we know the Jedi are wrong and we know we need to find a balance. And Ray, you tap into the dark side, what we think is the dark side, but it's just that you're passionate. It's right. just that you care about your friends and maybe that's okay. Maybe, Ray, you're the future, and you've opened my eyes because you uh, 
You dance with the dark side, but you don't get too close. You dance with the devil by the pale moonlight. Exactly. You like Batman 89, says Luke <laughs> Turay. Uh, but I think there's got to be something I there. Like, like it, it, it can't get too repetitive. Yeah. And I don't think it will, because I trust Ryan Johnson, but it makes total sense for her character and what we know of the Force. Yeah. That, that would be the first conflict that she runs into. And this isn't the dark ray thing where we, a lot of people think she wants, will just go bad and become a dark Jedi. This is, you're saying you want to really see the struggle and her tap into it. Yeah. But not necessarily that she's going to have a red blade and a black cloak. But just, yeah, imagining the character that we met. Yeah. Fierce, loving, loyal. Yeah. In the argument of the prequels, in what we see with Anakin, it's like, well, you got to temper that and be yeah. a little emotionally detached because just fierce loyalty, the fear of losing the people you love can l- lead to what happened to Anakin. Yeah. The, you're so right about the attachment thing. That's her drive. That's her goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wait until my family returns so I can reattach to them, but now it's out and about. So that, that could be part of her undoing. Yeah. Or the potential. And her attachment to Finn, not yeah, her, new, yeah, her, yeah. Her, her lost attachment to Han, what kind of rage that would be. So all sorts of things to play with. So that's Love my that. number three. All right. Uh, or number two, Number rather. two, number two. We can count. <laughs> uh, number two, all right, going on the other side of that is Kylo Ren. I want Kylo Ren to make a choice. Ooh. So whether or not he ends up being redeemed later on, that's a different discussion, different debate. We need Kylo to finally make a choice. Is he the big baddie? Is this his journey? Is he the protagonist of his story? That doesn't mean he's good anymore, or doesn't, or good, or doesn't mean he gets redeemed. It means he is on the way to being the big evil. And has he fully committed to the dark side? Is he, if he's, uh, you know, let's, if he's truly the co-protagonist, I want to see him commit. Now, killing Han Solo is a is definitely a commitment. Yeah. And I believe Kylo. I don't think it was some kind of game. I don't think Han turned on the blade. I no. think Kylo did it. And really believes when he says, thank you, Father. Like, oh, thanks, Dad. You helped me. Yeah. Um, but when he goes and fights Finn and Rey, it's a diff- it's, it's, it's whiny prequel Anakin. It ties to that. That's something I love. Yeah. It, and it is, it is anger. It is still it's adrenaline from having just killed your father. He's still messed up. It is not. He has not assumed his final form. No, he has not. He's bleeding, he's crazy, he's lost it, and he loses to Ray. And I think Ray is skilled, but I think he should have won that fight if he's healthy and he's focused. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think, and then Ryan Johnson has said some things where he is still dealing with the fallout of what he's doing. So if he's going to be redeemed or not, I don't know. But I want him to at some point commit, and that might be through action. It might be through killing Snoke. It might be through killing Luke. It might be facing Ray. It might be doing something. But I want him to commit. Now, if the commit commitment is the other way and redeemed, then I want that to happen too, where maybe it's killing Snoke in a good way. Oh, nice. I keep envisioning him killing Snoke in the... I've killed my master, rule of two, two even though they're not Sith. Yeah. Uh, and maybe he goes, you know what? I'm, all, I'm Sith now. You know? I'm in charge of the First Order. I'm taking this is a, mine. Yeah, I'm taking an apprentice. I'm a First Order. Something Vader. I'm going ah. to go beyond Vader, who was the Emperor's apprentice the whole time. And, yeah. And Tarkin was above him and everything. Not that Kylo studied that kind of detailed history. But that, or, or it's the other way. And he makes that choice. I don't want to go into nine... Wondering again, what side's Kylo on? Yeah. I mean, he, I think he certainly has to wrestle with it. And it's certainly true Which that, like, will. Yeah, yeah. the dark side, the way it's supposed to work, is give in to your dark side and your anger will give you focus. It didn't. 
Yeah. And I think he's got to be confused about that. He's like, well, if killing my dad didn't give me the focus, now I have to face my mom and maybe my uncle. Right. And if that didn't focus me, then what will? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that's great. I love, I love the, not that you're making a prediction, but I yeah. love the possibility <laughs> of killing Snoke, of building up to the big bad, and it's yeah. just Kylo just cuts him down yeah. because yeah. he's trying to be better than Vader. That's a really neat idea. Could be, could be, could be. All right, so that is my number two. Now, normally we go to number one, and I'll take over so you can end, but we're going to talk about some runner-ups real quick. Nice. Spend a couple seconds on these each uh, because we both had, had a good list here, and, uh, well, we want to get these in. Um, I'll just run through mine real quick, then we'll go through yours, then we'll go to our number ones overall. So my bonus things I want from uh, The Last Jedi, things I need in The Last Jedi, romance. You and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. lack of romance in Force Awakens. Looks like it's going to be Finn and Rose, and I'm on all on board for that. I'd like to see it. Romance is a part of Star Wars because it's a part of life. Uh, Poe assuming a leadership role. We know, unfortunately, with the passing of Carrie Fisher, things are going to change. Story-wise, it just has to. They've been set up. You're setting it up. They've set it up. Oscar Isaac setting up in interviews already. It was set up in that Poe comic. It's been addressed a couple times, but directly in issue 14. Poe is, is he's a captain now. He's not just a flyboy. He's not just a hotshot pilot. And knowing that Leia... And unfortunately, Carrie Fisher's no longer with us, and Leia can't continue, assuming they don't recast. Yeah. Which I'm more and more thinking that this is going to be the end. Yeah. Um, some way or another. Uh, I want Poe, by the end of this, to be in charge of the Resistance. Yeah. I think that's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the final one you kind of just wanted is Luke getting involved. Yeah. Force, you touched upon it more, but 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 yeah. But you mean like make a choice. Make a choice. Yeah. Enough's enough. Almost like what you're kind of saying when you're talking about Ray's darkness and maybe her challenge causes Luke to be like, I got to get involved. Yeah, more than just igniting a lightsaber, I want Luke to factor into the story. Nice, nice. Uh, so my runners up, you you touched on this is with the the void in the galaxy of power, but politics. I don't want them to yeah. shy away from politics. If there's something we need to know to really truly understand the story, I don't want them to shy away as much as they did in the Force Awakens. Yeah, wish so, they did. So I would love to see politics. Uh, I would also like to see instant classic lines. Oh yeah, of dialogue. Because I think The Force Awakens did a great job with this, with Lawrence Kasdan back in the writer's chair. Uh, He understands the Star Wars dialogue. But Ryan Johnson, Mm -hmm. such a sharp and funny and insightful and interesting writer. I am really hoping that people walk out of the theater with those instantly quotable lines. Things that are funny, but also things that are powerful. Everything Mm -hmm. from, like, never tell me the odds to do or do not, because I think he's capable of it. And I think the film is going to have enough sort of... uh, Heavy moments, yeah, and serious moments, and ooh, Star Wars moments that it needs those moments of just mm-hmm. levity or cleverness. I love and it. I'm really, really hoping for that instant classic lines. Yeah, love it. I love it. Mine from the Force Awakens is that's not how the Force works. Mine too. Yeah. All right. That's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I have 800, so I'm going to keep it to that. I'm going to keep it to that. Love it. All right. So now we're going to do number one. The number one thing we need from The Last Jedi, I'll go first so my guest here can end it, and that is Luke and Leia together again. Nice. Four, unfortunately, the last time real life has uh, made this a must, which also scares me because it could be something that didn't happen. They (sighs) they didn't know they in Force Awakens. They might have done things differently. You know what I mean? If they knew, if you could predict that kind of thing. You can't, unfortunately. We will never get this chance. 
chance again, at least in this pure form, digital technology uh, not uh, counting. And this, uh, to me, this should be well-rounded reunion. I really want that moment. Bittersweet, full of tears and anger. Luke ran away. Leia stayed and defended the galaxy. Address that. This is something not new for Leia again, all right? Yeah. Oh, Luke, you lost your friend. Let me put a blanket on you. I lost my planet. <laughs> all right. Uh, Carrie Fisher and her panel that I was fortunate enough to to host, co-host with her out in Chicago a couple of years ago now. She had great jokes about Luke. Where you been? Why are you on this planet? Like, I would <laughs> like to see that moment. I hope we get that moment. If it's at the end of the film, if it's like a happy ending to a dark movie or something like that, I, 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 I'm sure we all could use that. Absolutely. I, I don't know if we'll get it. But it is important because we did not get the big three together again on screen. No. Um, and I'm, I'm supporting, I support the decision to keep Luke on the hill. I get it. Um, but we didn't get Luke and Han one last time. And, and uh, uh, hopefully we, we get Luke and Leia. I think we'll get this because we also have the perspective of if Luke is on Achtu yeah. to do something productive. Yeah. Then he can come back to Leia with like, hey, I was doing force business, which, by the way, yeah, I might have run away, but you've never done the force thing. <laughs> like yeah. you, you've got a destiny too. You're a Skywalker. Yeah, and you, you have power. Like maybe that's part of it. Maybe mm. it's uh, it's Luke giving her the business too. Yeah, that could be really interesting. I like that, I but like I agree. That. They must. That that is the number one of number ones. That yeah. that must happen. Yeah. Uh, my number one. Mm-hmm. is a little bit more sort of bigger picture. Here, yeah. it's weird about weird things. I want a beast or technology that no one could guess because it's so weird. Oh, yeah. It is the part of Star Wars where we have lost a little bit of the flavor of the crazy yeah. space fantasy Saturday morning B-movie stuff. And not just in the background. Like, the aliens look weird. Great. The planets are exotic. Great. But I mean plot stuff that moves everything forward. Like, you know, Dianoga. Not that the Dianoga moved the plot forward, but, like, who would have ever guessed? Like, oh, yeah, of course, in this giant murder death ball, there's a trash compactor. And then in it, there's a big one-eyed, you know, wormy creature thing. And then, you know, you got things like carbonite. Yeah. Like, hey... For industrial purposes, we sometimes freeze goods. Let's put Han Solo in that on this city in the clouds. Like, that's right. weird. And that's yeah. the main thing. And I think uh, sometimes uh, our, our Star Wars has been getting a little too one-to-one match yeah, yeah. with the world. Of like, oh, well, in Rogue One, you need a place where the scientists work. It's yeah. a facility yeah, yeah. on a planet. Right. You need a place where the Sagarera hides out. It's... The cave yeah. on a planet. It's a little one-to-one. Like, let's get weird. Let's get space slug. Let's get <laughs> Sarlacc pit. Let's yeah. get, there's a desert planet, but there's a big monster's mouth that lives in a hole in the <laughs> ground. And instead of just shooting people in the head when they piss Jabba the Hutt off, he flies out there. Yeah. He takes a Sunday morning drive. <laughs> yeah, and he sick. dumps people into a giant mouth in the middle of the desert. I want movie weirdness yeah and i believe ryan johnson can bring it back to star wars and i hope he does i love that idea it, it, you're so right uh, and it's also we're in this era and you know uh, we're part of that too where now we know everything we know facts about it the books come out and i'm gonna get the visual dictionary too from yeah Last jedi but yeah those things where it's like you know you grew up going this the the trash compactor monster i didn't know it was a diagnosis until you know years <laughs> later yeah. you know uh i i know what you mean that uh some kind of 
giant, uh, uh, you know, f- uh, an, an infusion of B movie fantasy, which is yeah. what George serial stuff he was trying to create. Yeah, just bizarreness. Just you never would have thought of that, but it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is our list, guys. Good stuff. We did some homework. Yeah, we did. And I'm sure we could redo the list with 10 other things. Absolutely. But that is our list, and I want you guys to join the conversation. If you're following us on Twitter at ForceCenterPod, use the hashtag StarWarsRanked and tell us what you need from The Last Jedi, all right? I'm sure all of it's going to be in there. All of our predictions will be true because uh, that's the way Star Wars works, right? (laughs) Hopefully, I always say, I hope I get some of these things wrong because I never want the story to be behind me. I want to go in and learn from the story and be entertained from these stories. But these are the things we need. Let us know, guys. As always, uh, you can, like I said, follow us on Force Center Pod. We have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash Force Center. T Public as well if you want merch from us. And uh, you can follow Joseph at Joseph Scrimshaw. That's right. And then uh, all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw, as you just said. And then my website is josephscrimshaw.com for all of my comedy and thinking about Star Wars adventures. Absolutely. You can follow me at Cat Napsock. That is it, guys. Star Wars has been ranked. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.